gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. Christ himself is our peace, and in his name we are forgiven of all our sins. Christ is our stronghold and our peace. May he guard our hearts with a peace that passes all understanding. Amen. Let's sing together, Jesus strong and kind.
so eager to do it. It's time for the children to go to Sunday school, ages three to grade three, and before they do that, we're going to give them a blessing. The Lord be with you. And also with you. I invite you to turn in your Bibles with me to Psalm 29. Or you can just read along on the screen. Psalm 29, a psalm of David. Ascribe to the Lord, you heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord thunders over the mighty waters. 
The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks in pieces the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon leap like a calf, Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord strikes with flashes of lightning. The voice of the Lord shakes the desert. The Lord shakes the desert of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord twists the oaks and strips the forests bare. And all in his temple cry glory. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord is enthroned as king forever. The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. Dear friends of God, sometimes you just have to say, wow. Sometimes you see something beautiful, or you see something powerful, or you see something majestic, or rich, or grand, and and you just say, wow, awesome, amazing. And that wonder that you feel goes to a deep place. And out of, out of that deep place comes these words of amazement. And, and, and you just are standing there stunned. Psalm 29 is a psalm that takes us to that place. It's a very old, very beautiful psalm full of rich imagery and strong, majestic words. It describes a, a rainstorm. That comes, off, or that comes up sweeping from the, the Mediterranean Ocean over to Lebanon and down through the valleys of Israel and into the desert, through the southern desert. And, and that, that, that awesome feeling, he's just like he's standing there in the storm, just saying all these things, writing all these things down. Psalm 29 is a psalm you can feel. You can feel the wind and the rain pelting your face like sandpaper. You can see the flash of cobalt blue lightning and the smell of the lingering ozone. You can feel the ominous roll of thunder echo through the mountains. And you see the images of strong trees broken and mangled, the oaks and the cedars, and forests laid bare, and animals running for shelter for their lives, floods, devastation, rising up. You sense the vulnerability in the face of the raw forces of nature and the unleashing of chaos, and you feel small. That storm makes you feel like, I am, I am so tiny, and there's so much power all around me. You feel awe. You feel wonder. Maybe you've, you've been caught in a storm like that, we get storms like that here in Ontario. We've, um, when we were visiting the grandparents in, in Jordan near St. Catharines, we had to wake up our kids one night because there was a storm that blew in to, uh, to just over the lake, and it was just awesome, just striking and blowing, and, and then after a while it blew away, and it was cool, and the cicadas came out, and it was just amazing. 
here at Ontario. You get the, we didn't have those in BC. It's one of the things we're looking forward to in, here in Ontario. <laughs> but when we were in Egypt once with a, a group of pastors who were uh, traveling through Egypt and Israel and Jordan, we got to, here we go. I guess I should turn it on. Oh, it is. Oh, there. Where are we? Here we go. Um, we got to Mount Sinai. And we got out of the bus, and um, it was windy, and it was rainy, and it was thundering, and dark clouds were swirling, and it, 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 it was, you know, we were from BC, we thought, oh, well, this is rain, but it, it was for them, it was a lot of rain. And, and we saw flashes of lightning in the distance. And we got rained on. And, and the, the locals said, this never happens. You must be blessed. And we thought, yeah, yeah, we're blessed. That's great. <laughs> but there we were, in the very place where, where God met his people, Israel. Where God thundered. Where God flashed with lightning where Moses received God's covenant and it was thundering and lightning all around us. It was a spiritual experience. And then our travels into Israel followed the path of that storm. It was a big storm. It was sweeping down and it, it, people along the way, they said, boy, it's a big storm. It's a big storm. And it was a big storm. Dark clouds swirled and poured out rain. Here we go, it's buzzing now. There, there it is. So what happens in Israel is that it's, it's very dry. And in the mountains, even a little bit of rain, just it doesn't stay. It, it just goes down the rocks. And suddenly, all the rain just collects and becomes a sweeping, sweeping mass of water that just tears everything out of its way. And so we got to a point where, beside the road, there was all this water, and it was... We were, we were feeling a little vulnerable, like the, the whole road was going to be swept away. And there was torrents and washouts. And, and we even had to stop because the roads were, were filled with water. It was awesome. It was, it was like nothing we'd experienced before. And, and here in the land of Israel, afterwards we heard it was the kind of storm that only comes up every 200 years. And so the people of Jerusalem, they, they, they came out to drive just to see it because they'd never seen it before. It really put us in the frame of mind of Psalm, one, of Psalm 29. It filled us with wonder. Yet Psalm, or Psalm, Psalm 29 is not a psalm about nature. Psalm 29 is, is a psalm about God. And it takes this experience and turns it into a parable of God's powerful voice and his awesome rule over the earth. Psalm 29 in, invites us to be storm watchers. And it brings us to that place of, of awe and wonder. And it also calls us to bring that experience before God. And, and become God worshippers. Even storms speak about this God. Storms speak his voice. 
And the psalmist reframes the storm in terms of God and his majesty and his power. As Eugene Peterson puts it, the person of faith hears something to which others are deaf, the voice of God. The voice of God is heard in a wide range of sound from the still small voice that calms the heart to this thunderous boom that inspires awe and wonder. And in, in the background of a popular religion around those, those <clears throat> in that time of Baal worship, the god of fertility who brings rain and who brings fertility and brings the crops, the god Baal who was present in the thunderstorm, this writer, he sees the real power behind the forces of nature. Yahweh is the god of gods, the god of creation. And 18 times in this, in this psalm, he, he mentions the voice of, or the, the name of God, Yahweh. It's, whenever you see it in the Bible, in all capitals, the word Lord in all capitals, that means it's the word Yahweh, the, the four letters of God's name. Seven of those times, he uses in the phrase, the voice of Yahweh. It's Yahweh's voice that thunders over the waters. It's this Lord's voice that controls all those fearful voices, forces of nature. It's the God of Israel's voice that is the force to be reckoned with. The world is not governed by chaos. The world is not governed by fickle fertility gods of the nations. It's governed by the creator, the God of gods, Yahweh. And, and so this, this writer has experienced this, this awesome moment, this time of wonder. And sometimes when, when we get, you know, we see something beautiful, like we see a mountain, or we see the fall colors, and, or, or whatever it is that we see, we go, wow. And we go, cool. I'm glad I saw that. But that's, that's, not, that's not what this author says. He doesn't just go, cool, or phew, it's over. Let's get back to normal life. Instead of that, he does what we're designed to do with these things. He worships God. He's seen something glorious, and he has to speak it back to God. He's experienced God, and he cannot do anything else than shout out praise to God. Ascribe to the Lord, you nations. Ascribe the glory due his name. And he calls the mighty ones of verse 1 to bow down. Ascribe to the Lord, you mighty ones, you other gods. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength, the glory due, due his name. And after describing the power of the storm, he describes the most fitting response to it all. And in his temple. And let's all say this together as it comes up. Glory. Yes. All in, his, all in his temple cry, glory. Someone once said that there are very few, only a handful of truly great words in the English language. They're words without synonyms. Words that don't have to be explained, can't be explained. Words that sound exactly what they mean. And one of those words is glory. Glory. In all its big, 
shining, powerful, terrifying, thrilling awesomeness. This word has no peer. Glory. And here it is at, at the peak of this, of this psalm. And everything is moving toward this moment and all in his temple cry glory. Only the thundering roar of that term can tell what happens when God passes by. And only the shout of that cry fits the emotions that erupt in God's presence. This cry of glory by the whole creation is the high point of our lives, of, our, of the psalm and our lives. The God who reveals himself in storms is the God with whom we have to deal. And we haven't dealt with him properly until we cry glory before him until we have worshipped him as the one true God. Sometimes you just have to say glory. You've experienced this glory of God and no other word fits. Yes, there's waiting, there's working, there's weeping as we follow Jesus and we can also choose wonder that leads us to praise, crying glory before the God of wonders. After Sir Ernest Shackleton returned from one of his Antarctic expeditions, he told of the intense suffering that he and his partners had endured. All that they had left from a well-supplied ship was an axe, a cooker, and their logbook when they were rescued a year and a half later. They were starving, they were numb with cold, they were completely exhausted and barely alive, and yet this is what Shackleton had to say. He said, we had pierced the veneer of outside things. We had suffered, starved, and triumphed, groveling down, yet grasped at glory, grown bigger in the bigness of the whole. We had seen God in his splendors, heard the text that nature renders. Maybe you've heard the text that nature renders. Maybe you've seen wondrous, glorious things, snowstorms, blizzards, mountains, glaciers, rivers, beautiful sunsets. We hear the voice of God speaking through these things. Or maybe you've heard the glory of that same voice of God by which Jesus stilled the storm on the Sea of Galilee, saying, peace, be still, and it was calm. And, and the same glory that quieted the hurricane fears in his disciples' hearts. Maybe you've seen the glory of God's salvation in Jesus in, his, in a new way. The power of grace. That you didn't have to do anything, but God accepted you anyway. That's the most glorious notion that we have. The glory of grace, that powerful act of God based on nothing we've done to save us, or the, the, the relief of forgiveness, where, where you've been hanging on and holding on and feeling this burden, and finally you know it's taken away, it's forgiven. You know the relief of that. Or you know the joy of spiritual freedom, where you say, I don't have to do what others say, or I don't have to go back to what I used to do but I have joy of spiritual freedom. 
Or maybe you've got the certainty of resurrection. You just know it. You have a hope that's alive. You have a hope that is guiding you. The hope that is deep within you. That you, not only others, but I too will be received in heaven. Where God knows my name. Maybe these things stir your heart to awe. Or the Holy Spirit's transformation from old to new is a steady miracle that that you just... You just can't understand, how is God doing this? And it fills us with wonder. And all you can do is cry, glory, glory. And I love how this psalm ends. The psalm ends with the passing of the storm. The storm has blown over him, and now it's dissipated or moved on. The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. And you can just feel the storm has passed. In the end, there's peace. There's a rainbow arcing in the sky. And its silent beauty brings its own wonder. Life can be hard. There can be fear. There can be vulnerability. And yet there's more. Life will get back to normal. God is enthroned over the flood, and he will never let the flood destroy us. Walter Brueggemann speaks of of the reality of this when he says, when he says, it is a psalm that speaks about order in a way that overrules all anxiety about life. And the very act of singing the song is itself a practice of that new order. This song speaks grace and peace in a restless world. All indications are that we're going to be out of COVID soon. Who knows what the fall is going to bring? Who knows? I mean, we're, we're always, we know things might change. But there will be peace. There will be a day when we won't have to be anxious about getting really sick because we've been around people. There will be a time when we can come back together to worship, to fellowship, to grow, to serve. It's already starting next week. We'll still be needing masks, but we can all gather. We've had our night of weeping and rejoicing will come with the new morning. And I know that we are, as we're sitting here in church, the people of Ukraine are going through the hell of war and we weep with them. And we cry out for them. We feel the outrage they feel. And we bring it before God who can change things. And we can feel these emotions. These these weeping. And we can feel the awe of God's power and strength. We don't have to have one or the other. We don't have to have weeping or wonder. We can have both. We can weep and wonder. We can see brokenness And we can see beauty at the same time. And as we follow Jesus, we will still weep. We will still watch. We will still work. And we will still choose to wonder and respond to that wonder with praise. Our capacity to wonder has not stopped. And all through our lives, through wars and rumors of wars, and through pandemics and through personal tragedies, through national unrest, Even in the aching brokenness, there's a sense of wonder that has never stopped. 
God is awesome. The world is awesome. And you sometimes just have to say glory. And that will somehow give us strength. We will still have these wow experiences in our lives. And as a church, we will take the next step that Psalm 29 invites us and to say, wow, God. God is awesome in his world, awesome in salvation, awesome in his rule over chaos. And we hear his voice. We see his majesty and might. As we experience his peace, we respond with worship. We ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. And with the whole creation, we cry, glory. And earth joins heaven in one accord in proclaiming the words in the last book of the Bible, which says, blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. Glory. Hallelujah. Amen. Let us pray. God of glory, God of wonder, you are above all that we can see. You are the God of gods. You are the God of earth and land, sky and sea. You are holy. Lord, the universe declares your majesty. You are our God and we are your people. In our times of peace, in our times of anxiety, we glorify your great name. And we are filled with wonder at your power and your salvation. Receive our worship and make us trust in, in you. In Jesus' name, amen. And when the music starts, we'll stand and we'll sing your glory. <laughs>